Today's episode is brought to you by Hugh Kitchen. Hugh is a family-founded chocolate and snacking company focused on creating products that match ultra-simple ingredients with unbeatable taste. Built on a strong mission to help people get back to human, Hugh only uses simple, real, and responsibly sourced ingredients. Hugh obsessively vets every ingredient to unite unbeatable taste with unmatched simplicity. They go beyond what is easy and expected to ensure that their products and practices are ethical and put both humanity and the human body first. All of Hugh's products are gluten-free, dairy-free, refined sugar-free, and aren't heavily processed. I tried their hazelnut butter 8-pack of chocolate bars and it was delicious. Um, it's 70% dark chocolate, and honestly, it's making my mouth water just, just talking about it. So I think I might go and grab my hazelnut butter chocolate bar right after I finish this because it is delicious, and you guys are absolutely going to love it. So what do you got to do to make sure you guys get Hugh Kitchen? Well, right now they are offering 15% off. All you got to do is use code POD to get the 15% off your next purchase at HughKitchen.com. That's code POD, as in P-O-D, for 15% off at HughKitchen.com. That's H-U-Kitchen.com. Find out why Hugh helps people get back to human. Now let's get to this preview. Anthony, the 49ers, they're facing an interesting game this week because, I mean, I don't know how many people will admit that week five, it's possible for there to be a must-win game, but it's kind of starting to get that feeling, wouldn't you agree? I'll tell you right now, man, it definitely feels like a must-win game for the 49ers. I mean, the Dolphins are the Dolphins. They come in with a 1-3 one, one record, and they haven't looked that good. I mean, this past week against the Seahawks, they looked pretty competitive but at the end of the day it was the Russell Wilson show and TK Metcalf and the Dolphins can only do so much man and you still can't really overlook a stingy team like the Dolphins who feature a honestly I think a very good head coach Brian Flores who is still working with a pretty beat down roster in the moment so I have to give him some props for working with what he's got but overall the Dolphins do have pretty good talent on both ends of the ball on, I don't know if Byron Jones is going to be playing as of yet. I think he is, but I could be wrong. Outside of that, Xavier Howard, another very good cornerback, is playing. On the offense, you have Preston Williams and Devontae Parker and Jakeem Grant, a wide receiver core that is just honestly ready to shred this <laughs> this kind of beat-down cornerback unit that the 49ers feature. But it's really all up to Ryan Fitzpatrick, man. So you can look at it from both ways, but at the end of the day, I think you can s- safely say the Dolphins are still the Dolphins, but it it kind of feels a little bit more not not daunting but I would say a little more tasking for the Niners with just everything going on and honestly all the pressure on them to just win this game perform well and exceed expectations because I mean two and two through four games with basically a backup quarterback for two of them and it just feels like this fan base is just beating the team into the ground and honestly to be as injured as they are and to only be two and two I I mean 
I'm still pretty impressed, I'd say. And I know losing to the Eagles and the Cardinals is frustrating, but when you see the injuries, when you see backup quarterback play, I think people should realize this team is kind of lucky to even be 2-2. Two and two. Yeah, that's a really good point. And also, you know, how many teams can say that they had the chance to uh, win the game, essentially, on the last play of the game, um, at least that they had possession in both of the 49ers' losses, week one against the Cardinals, I mean, they were a couple of plays away from, from winning that game. Uh, maybe a couple of seconds earlier on that throw from Garoppolo to Trent on that fourth down, they convert and they likely win the game. Um, and then going back to Sunday night against the Eagles, they were, I mean, C.J. Beathard, you couldn't have thrown a more beautiful Hail Mary. I mean, it literally hit Debo and Kittle, I feel like, both in the hands, so... Both losses, the 49ers were in position to win the last time they had the ball. Um, And I think that's all you can really ask of your team, especially just to add on to what you said there, how how beat up they are. I mean, it's hard to win in the NFL as it is with healthy starters um, and everything going as planned. It's hard enough. But then when you throw on injuries to a plethora of key starters, you're just asking to lose games. And I've talked about this on our YouTube show on Niners News. Um, go check out and subscribe to our channel if you guys haven't, by the way. But, you know, you can only expect your backup quarterback to win 50% of the starts that they, they're forced to make. So, uh, Nick Mullins, this season, he started two games. He did go one and one. Obviously, it was complete different type of performance uh, week three against the Giants and it was week four against the Eagles so it was just completely up and down and I'm extremely happy that we can report that Jimmy Garoppolo was cleared to start on Sunday uh we are recording this Friday and it just came out today and I actually wanted to get your your thoughts on what Kyle said about uh you know just kind of the whole Nick Mullins and even you know CJ Beathard which was reported he will be the backup uh Anthony I wanted to get your thoughts on this so I'm going to play the clip here what was that a, a, a tough um, bit of news to deliver to, to, to Nick? I mean, just uh, a week ago, he was the starting quarterback. Um, yeah, it's always tough to deliver to any of those guys. Um, but, I, but I do, I, I think... Nick understands the situation, understands the business. I mean, it's it sounds dreadful and the end of the world to probably to a normal person and anyone who cares about Nick. Um, but I try to put it in perspective with Nick. I mean, he, he didn't have his best game. Um, CJ's been there before. Jimmy's been there before. Um, Nick just had a rough game, and I think he played better than it looked. It's never as bad as it seems, um, but that's kind of the life of a backup. You know, CJ, I thought, did some real good things for us, uh, played through a number of games injured, uh, couldn't go one night versus Oakland, and Nick came in and seized his opportunity, and um, CJ hasn't gotten a chance since then because of that. Uh, it's kind of regardless of what goes on in practice, um, when you're real, when two guys are capable and they both are pretty close in different ways, uh, it's kind of tough to earn that spot in practice and really tough if you don't have a preseason games and rarely get in like they did last year. They never really got in. So um, Nick understands CJ had a bit, has been through that since that Oakland game and um, CJ came in and played well. And I know Nick's happy um, for CJ because they're close and respect each other. Um, and Nick's not going to make too big a deal of it, but next time he ever gets this opportunity, he'll, he'll be ready. So Anthony, what's your initial takeaway from that? I mean, obviously Kyle's talking about there, you know, Nick, he was kind of the guy going in if Jimmy wasn't ready to go, but after Sunday night's horrible performance, he got demoted all the way down to third string quarterback. Um, what do you take away from that? 
you know, I respect Kyle Shanahan for really being very upfront and honest about that whole situation. And it's like, it's not easy, you know. C.J. Beathard was hurt when the Oakland game happened two years ago, and Nick Mullins really did take his opportunity, and once he played as well as he did, he just ran away with it, and you got to give him props for that, man, but it feels like after what I heard, it was like the moment Nick Mullins was going to have any kind of bad game, I think Shanahan was ready to put C.J. Beathard back in, and I don't know if that's a product of just cj being a better quarterback in terms of arm talent which i think he is i mean he has a cannon of an arm it's just the pocket awareness and decision making isn't as good as mullins so i would say the physical talent is there for bethard but the just the awareness and everything isn't compared to mullins and for mullins i would imagine with less arm strength not as many physical attributes it's a little harder for Kyle Shanahan because he does have to scheme everything open as much as he can where CJ Beathard has the ability to make off script plays if he's not, you know, standing like a statue in the pocket and breaks it and runs free. And Beathard just kind of has that athletic ability and the arm strength to really just stretch the field and really hit the balls that honestly I think Jimmy Garoppolo would be able to hit. So it sucks that Mullins has to go out this way. The people who are saying that can we trade him? Can we trade him? It's like, well, I see why you would want to do that, I guess, but Mullins is still a proven backup, and if a proven backup is your third-string quarterback, and I know he had a bad game, but the point being is that Mullins has proved he can do it, and you have that as your third-string quarterback, I would say that's a really, really good situation to be in. And obviously, Beathard, throughout his career for the Niners, I, I don't think has looked as good or better than Mullins. Again, I do think Beathard has the physical talent that Mullins doesn't. It's just, when you're not... a an aware quarterback it really just drives your stock down entirely but he's proven that he can run Shanahan's system also and I think that overall physical ability that Beathard has is what Shanahan likes a lot because outside of pocket awareness I would say in terms of arm talent I think Garoppolo and Beathard are right right about next to each other I think Beathard might even be a little better he throws a better deep ball I'd say but just everything about Garoppolo in terms of quarterback play pocket awareness breaking the pocket being mobile Garoppolo takes the cake but it it's just tough to hear Mullins go out like that but I think Beathard in a in a sense is deserving to be QB2 but let's just hope that this conversation just never ever happens again man I just want Garoppolo healthy for the rest of the season and just put all that talk of Mullins being the starter and who knows Beathard being the starter just put it to rest man entirely yeah definitely and I think you know you touched on it there but it just shows kind of Kyle Shanahan's soft spot for CJ Beathard and we've said it I mean going back to last season why are they carrying three quarterbacks it's kind of ridiculous um, especially with how beat up this team was at times they still decided to always keep three quarterbacks so I think the fact that we saw Nick have a bad game and immediately, um, you know, I mean, obviously Sunday night, it made sense. He threw that pick six and it was like, okay, this is, you know, get Nick out of this game. He's obviously having a horrible game, but moving forward, um, I know he's not the starter and I know he's not the guy, but it's like, you got to think of their, his psyche in the, in this situation. Um, and you know, if for some reason you ever do need Nick to go back in there, you, I just I'm curious to think what his kind of mentality is like knowing that hey if I do have a bad game I could get completely demoted to third string in the matter of you know seconds so I thought that was interesting 
Um, but nonetheless, I'm extremely excited to get Jimmy Garoppolo back, man. After an up and down couple of weeks, um, I think what we saw Sunday night against the Eagles, and we'll get into the the, the uh, Dolphins obviously after this. But I just want to touch on this real quick with Anthony. Um, is that if it's not going completely right for Nick Mullins, he can't kind of make it happen on his own. He's not ready to to, to go on the fly and, and just kind of play that backyard ball. And um, it, it, he needs everything to go right. He needs that first read to be there. And if not, he needs to know where else to look. Um, and I think he's got a hell of a football IQ. He knows what's going on, but he just doesn't have the physical talent to kind of match it. And you, you, you spoke about it there. Uh, Beathard has the fantastic arm strength. Uh, Mullins is kind of a computer when it comes to processing and Jimmy's a little bit of both, but he doesn't, I don't think he's as, at least as uh, bright when it comes to like going through his reads and uh, letting the game come to him as Mullins is. So the 49ers have an interesting trio of quarterbacks here, but um, Jimmy is by far the most talented guy moving forward. And I'm extremely excited to see him Sunday. Um, now, Anthony, the, the Dolphins played a tough game, like you said, against the Seahawks last week. They only lost by eight points, and they were tied or uh, within a couple of points for the majority of the game. Looking at their offense, obviously, it has to be surrounding stopping Devontae Parker. How can this beat-up secondary make sure they do that? I think it's just a matter of getting a Ryan Fitzpatrick. And this is going to be the story with the team all year, Zach, is that Ryan Fitzpatrick, you don't know if he's going to go out there and be the 300-yard, four-touchdown quarterback that we've seen in the past, or if he's going to be the less than 200 yards, three-interception, and a fumble quarterback that we've also seen in the past. So he's had a bevy of wide receiver talent throughout his career, and just like any football game, man, it's all predicated on quarterback play. I would say I'm concerned about Preston Williams and Devontae Parker, just that wide receiver unit as a whole, because those guys, Zach, especially Parker, are really really talented but if the defensive line can get after ryan fitzpatrick if those guys can really just pressure him get him to break the pocket because fitzpatrick obviously he's old (laughs) he doesn't really have the arm strength that he used to and it it shows man it really shows and we've seen it this season from him and we should continue to see that from him on sunday and it's just a matter of pressuring him, getting after the guy, getting him uncomfortable, and forcing him to make errant throws, man. It feels like this season, from what I've watched with Ryan Fitzpatrick, it's just all about his wide receivers winning contested catches, including the tight ends, too. And that's exactly what Devontae Parker and Preston Williams do, man. These guys are two big physical wide receivers that they can high point the ball very well, but they can also just simply out-muscle DBs. And Devontae Parker has been kind of playing with a hamstring injury this year, the past game or two. But even while he's been hobbled, Zach, Parker has been really, really good. He's a number 15th ranked wide receiver according to PFF. So I know people kind of treat PFF as the Holy Bible, but at least you can get the idea that Devontae Parker has been really good this year, even with an injury. So that's kind of what to look out for is that with Ryan Fitzpatrick and these wide receivers, man, expect a lot of 50-50 balls. Don't expect them to really go deep. They're not burners outside of Jakeem Grant. Jakeem Grant is like the 5-7 version of Marquise Goodwin, man. Jakeem Grant is really, really fast, but... Outside of that, they don't really have anyone else who can take the top off the defense entirely. So 
honestly, I think it's just a matter of getting after Ryan Fitzpatrick more than it is handling Devontae Parker. If you can just really force Parker to be a 50-50 wide receiver and not let him get into any open space, I think the DBs will have a good chance at attacking him and attacking the ball. But if these DBs aren't aggressive and if the defensive line isn't aggressive towards Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is not playing with a good offensive line, by the way, they aren't going to have their first round pick Austin Jackson left tackle. He's going to be out for the game. So this is a game where that defensive line needs to feast. But if they don't, it, it will be a very rough day for the secondary, Zach. I really believe that. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. And, you know, um, it looks like they're going to be another week beat up. Uh, doesn't look like Akello's going to go. Doesn't look like um, Emmanuel Mosley is going to go. It does look like Jason Verrett is going to be a full go. Jamar Taylor, who they who have signed from the practice squad, played a little bit last week, is going to go. So, And I think Kyle was saying they also will likely sign someone else beforehand. Um, so it's going to be a shaky secondary for the 49ers and I mean they played well last week against the Eagles but they're going to need to do it again and I think that um you know the offense is going to need to really start playing complimentary football because they can't ask them to kind of lean on them like they did last year and I actually wanted to play this this other clip for you from uh Kyle Juszczyk today and he was playing uh he was asked whether or not he feels that they can't really rely on the defense to kind of keep them in the games as much. And I'm going to play this, and I want to get your thoughts, Anthony. Hey, Kyle, Kyle Shanahan talked a lot last year about how you know he would call games just because of the defense you guys had. And it was kind of, you know, sometimes just take the air out of the ball and get out of there. Um, you not to say the defense is, you know, you know, well, part this year, but they don't have a lot of key players, particularly at, at the moment. Um, might you guys have to, you know, have a, a different identity as far as, you know, not that you're going to have 48, 46 Saints games all the time, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, might, might you have to do a little more heavy, heavy lifting this year? It, I don't know if that's making sense. No, I, I understand the question. Um, but, you know, there, there's, I feel like that's something that you could, you know, it's easy to talk about when you're after the game, before the game, whatever. But um, once you're in the huddle, you know, as an offensive player, Never in my mind am I thinking, you know, oh, I don't have to do as much because the defense has my back. Or I need to do more. You know, I got to help my defense. Every single play, every one of us is trying to do our absolute best, trying to do everything we can to go score. Um, So maybe, you know, I don't know if it changes, you know, like Kyle said, maybe he called the game differently. But as a player, it really changes nothing for us. So uh, essentially we heard you say there that no matter what, how I guess confident they feel in their defense. They're not going out there in the beginning of every drive and saying, you know, hey, we don't have to do too much because we have the defense on the other side. They're looking to score on every play. What do you think of that mentality? And do you think that uh, he's being completely honest? Do you think he he did previously? Maybe they did know they weren't needing to execute at 100% all the time. I think... You know, what's kind of funny, at least this is just my opinion, and it could be totally wrong, but when you have layup matchups like the Eagles, and honestly week one like the Cardinals and the Giants and the Jets, I think it's really easy for these guys to get complacent, Zach. And I mean, 
you can it, it's football man when it comes to like the super bowl for example or the playoffs you literally need to execute at like 95 percent. and the, when you play the chiefs for example you literally have to you have to execute 100 percent of the time like okay here's a good example so the other day zach i was playing a game of madden right and it was in a franchise league that i'm on online so all these dudes are like really sweaty and really trying hard so it's like oh okay that's that's great i just want to relax and have fun not try and get my ass kicked in madden but in any event i'm playing this game i i'm using the eagles and it's our second year in the league so my roster is mostly intact but some of the old guys are gone in any event though i have to play this user who's using the chiefs and literally his entire roster is intact so it's like all right super team chiefs against my like bum eagles and i won the game but zach when i tell you that this was like my 100 like percent most perfect flawless game in madden no joke it was the most perfect game in madden i've ever played and i couldn't even believe it but when i talk about it that way i mean in the sense that executing is really important and when you play good teams you have to do it 100 percent of the time right now like the eagles like the cardinals even against the dolphins you can afford to not execute 100 percent of the time but the problem is man is that that can be like a domino effect type thing at least i think where if you not give up but if you don't really put the effort into every single play you can get complacent you can get lazy and you can get lackadaisical and just really start taking plays off and that's not to say players do that on the 49ers but it's just when you're playing soft teams and you think you can do it without trying it kind of stacks on top of each other and it just kind of again it just balloons into something where all of a sudden you're down a touchdown to the eagles and you do need to win the game and more or less off of what use is saying that's what can happen so you know when you have a good coaching staff like the 49ers and especially Kyle Shanahan and Robert Sala these guys their systems are so designed for these guys to execute to a point where failure is okay because it'll prevent something big or it'll prevent really big mistakes like Kyle Shanahan's system is primarily based off the west coast offense and it's a lot of short quick intermediate and short passes I'm sorry that's a terrible statement but the idea is that reads and throws should be pretty easy for quarterbacks but they're quick and more or less they're mistake free so long as their timing is good we don't really see the deep shot that often unless it's off a of play action and even then it's kyle shanahan scheming things open so he really tries to make things as easy as possible and you see robert Sala's defense where he does a lot of single high safety but more or less it's still the cover three and that is to prevent big plays so you have two really good coaches who are preventing mistakes from happening and really it's like executing play call versus the guys going out there and executing and in a sense everything this team does almost feels fail safe where you can prevent big plays and you can prevent turnovers but it's all about the players executing and not that they would ever get that stuck in their minds at all and i don't even think this but it's just it's just the idea of it is that when you do get lazy in a game and you do feel like you can just go out there and execute like nothing and you can't you're just kind of digging yourself in a ditch man and I, I kind of feel like that's what Juszczyk is getting at. I could be wrong, but overall, he made it sound like that. <laughs> that if the team isn't almost always executing on all cylinders, it could be a really tough afternoon or tough evening for that matter. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. Um, and, and, you know, it's like as a professional, I feel like they should have that mentality. As a professional football player, they go out there and do this for a living they need to be looking to score on every play, on every snap, 
Um, and, and Kyle Shanahan's even said previously, you know, I, I designed my plays to where there's a possibility they can take it to the house on every run, on every pass. Um, so I, I really liked what he said there because the uh, reporter, I'm not sure exactly which of the beat reporters was asking the question, but he was kind of implying that, you know, maybe previously they, they were comfortable not doing as much because they had such a dominant defense and juice was kind of like no 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 like that's not how it is at all regardless of how well the other side of the ball is playing we do everything we can to get our job done and help them out as much as possible um and i think that that's really going to be key on sunday because like i said um previously this sunday night against the eagles they did not play complimentary football at all um and they're gonna need that they can't expect their defense to constantly go out there and and stop opponents driving um, down the field, holding them to field goals when the offense turns the ball over. They're going to need the offense to step it up, get some points, get some long extended drives, um, and and get the defense some rest. And, you know, per pro football focus, the Dolphins have a really rough secondary, um, you know, in coverage. They have some fast guys back there, some speedy guys. But, I mean, last week their coverage grade against the Seahawks was a 35. And the highest it's been all year is a 59.1. So they're not necessarily all pros in that secondary. And if we've ever needed a game for the 49ers passing offense to kind of gel... It's this game, and it's perfect because they have the perfect matchup to do it. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo was asked today, you know, like, hey, you're getting back, and you finally have your full offense available. Um, You know, how do you feel, at least when it comes to the passing attack? And he was saying, you know, how excited he was, and he he had a lot of uh, chemistry with Brandon Ayuk. He called him B. And and pre uh, the camp and offseason camp, so it's I'm really excited to see these guys get going, um, and I think that that's where they're going to need to attack the Dolphins is through the air, and I think Jimmy he's going to need to get that momentum going because we have a seven week straight gauntlet after the Dolphins game this week, and they need to get that ground that excuse me that momentum going off the ground right now because they don't have any more time to waste. They kind of you know, were ravaged by injuries the last two weeks, and they can't afford to waste another week. Um, now, speaking of Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> I have a clip here, Anthony, that I want to play for you. And he was talking about, um, you know, how he felt going into this week and how, you know, like he, he was ready to go. So this is actually Juice being asked about Jimmy and how he was the last two weeks. Uh, we, we haven't talked to Jimmy since um, since he got hurt. What, what's what's he been like behind the scenes, and and um, what's his attitude like when when he's trying to get healthy? Typical Jimmy, man. He's just working his tail off, working you know, doing everything he can. Um, even in those the past uh, couple weeks that he hasn't played, anytime you ask him, hey, do you think you can play this week? Yeah, 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 man. I think I definitely think I can play. I think I can play. Um, so I know it's been really tough for him. Uh, you know, not to be out there, and I, I think uh, he always wants to give it a shot. Uh, but just been um, impressed with, you know, his uh, work ethic never uh, never changes, you know, whether he's healthy or not. Now, what does that tell you about the quarterback and the leader that Jimmy Garoppolo is? It tells me that this guy did not want to miss any football at all. And, I mean, it's like 
Zach, I still can't get that whole Jets game out of my head where it's like Jimmy got hit low and then he just got gets hit again and there's no flags. And it's like the disrespect for that to happen to Jimmy Garoppolo and really just like slapping the faces of every 49ers player to get away with that kind of crap. And I mean, that's Greg Williams, so what the hell else do you expect? But you have someone in Jimmy Garoppolo who... I think is one of the most outspoken leaders of the entire team. And he'll go up there and give you a great press conference and great quotes and stuff. But the guy just comes off as really quiet and reserved and just locked in and focused. And I know Jimmy Garoppolo still will have those Jimmy games, but that doesn't take away from the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo is, I think one of the best bounce back quarterbacks in the league, where if he throws an interception, he'll follow up with the, with three points or a touchdown. And we saw that a lot last season where after a really bad interception or fumble or something, he would just lead the offense to points. And it's that kind of mentality and leadership you take on the field that really sets the example for everyone else, including the coaching staff, man. And it's like, you can see how players act and react and how they play the game of football. Like, again, I hate using this as an example, but the Jets, where everyone knows how Greg Williams is as a person, as a coach, he's just vile. But you see that from the players on the Jets' defense where it's just going after their heads, going after their legs, and a lot of players represent their coaches. But with Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't think he represents anything of Shanahan. I don't think he represents anything of any player. He's just himself. He is his his own natural leader, you know? And I think that's one of the coolest things about Jimmy Garoppolo is that, is that he's just cool, calm, and collected. And it's like, obviously, everyone called Joe Montana Joe Cool or Cool Joe or whatever it was, but... I think even if Garoppolo hasn't had that kind of success, I would lead it in by saying that Jimmy Garoppolo is just cool Jimmy, man. It's it's that kind of mindset you take on the field that goes a long way for the team's success as a whole. And you see that, players see that, coaches see that, and it elevates them and it makes them want to do better too. And hearing Juszczyk talk about Jimmy Garoppolo like that, man, really just gets me more excited that he's finally back, he's finally healthy. I can't kind of really wait until we talk about what we're going to see from Jimmy Garoppolo later on in this podcast, but I will tell you that right now, it's just, it's really, really well needed, and I think great timing that Jimmy Garoppolo is coming back, man, because he he was missed, and he has definitely been missed, and it's only been two and a half games, but it feels like a whole season once again that he's been gone, and it's just kind of it really directs us to how excited he is or how excited we are to watch him play and watch him really just perform. Yeah, when I, when I first heard that quote, I thought this is the exact type of leader that this 49ers team needs. Um he's a, you know, it's a younger team for the most part and especially with all of the injuries to key players, uh Jimmy Garoppolo is perfect for this team because just like you said you know, he's not that much of an outspoken kind of guy. He's not a Joe Staley in your face or a Patrick Willis, you know, going to go out there and give the fiery pregame speech and get everybody fired up in the huddle. Um, but he's going to go out there and he's going to lead by example. And, and even like you touched on, Anthony, you know, he's one of the best rebounding type quarterbacks. He throws an interception. I think last season he led the league on driving right back down the field and scoring a touchdown after turning the ball over. So Jimmy Garoppolo, I could not be more excited to have him back. I know I've said that, but I was tired of hearing the slander for the last two and a half weeks, man. Nick Mullins can do everything. Nick Mullins is the better quarterback. With all due respect to Nick, he's not Jimmy Garoppolo. And look, if you're hearing this and you're thinking, 
Jimmy isn't the best quarterback in the world. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying Jimmy's Patrick Mahomes. I'm not saying Jimmy's Russell Wilson. Jimmy is Jimmy. And what I think people need to remember is that you don't need a Patrick Mahomes and the most elite talent under center to win a Super Bowl. Uh, There have been plenty of teams that have an average to above average uh, quarterback winning Super Bowls. So it's about how you build the team. And I really trust how Kyle Shanahan puts this team together, and especially this offense, uh, to go out and get the job done. Uh, Now, I just have one more clip for you, Anthony, here. And it's from Jimmy Garoppolo himself. And he's talking about his high ankle sprain and, you know, how he felt kind of having to, to be out there. Hey, Jimmy, back, back when, when, when you suffered the injury, you, you, obviously you pushed through it through the first half. Uh, was that just adrenaline? And at what point did they, did they have to talk you out of trying to continue to play? Or, or what was that discussion like? Yeah, it was um, it was tough. You know, you're, you're out there playing and, you, like you said, you do have the adrenaline going so you don't fully feel, you know, what it really is. Um, but we kind of went in at halftime, did some tests on it and everything, and uh, the docs kind of talked me into it a little bit. Um, it, was, it was a tough decision, man. I mean, because, you know, you want to be out there with the guys and just, uh, you know, I think we made the right decision in the long run, though, was taking the two weeks off and just being smart with it. So I just think that he, you could tell he didn't want to leave the game and he didn't want to come back. He had said uh, earlier in the interview that he had never had a high ankle sprain before. And he thought it was just like any other ankle sprain he's had. However, uh, the doctors kind of convinced him to, to stay out. And I could just tell by watching him Sunday night standing on the sidelines, it was killing him not getting out there, man. So I'm hyped to have him back. I'm hyped to see him with Ayuk, who's really coming into his own. George Kittle, who had a monster game last week. And Debo Samuel's second game of the year. So why don't we go ahead and get into this Dolphins game, Anthony, and why don't you break down a little bit of what you're expecting out of this 49ers offense that's getting healthier and healthier week by week. Well, I'll tell you one thing, man. I kind of hyped up the Dolphins in the sense that I know their record is 1-3, and and I know they're still pretty devoid of talent. But Brian Flores is not working with much, and I still think he's doing a really good job, in my opinion. And it's tough. He doesn't have the pieces he wants yet. And I'm looking at Football Outsiders right now, and the Dolphins have the 31st ranked defense in football. 31st ranked defense in all of football. That is, I would say that's not that good, Zach. So if I'm the 49ers offense, this is the type of game where you just go out there and you just keep your foot on the gas and you don't stop and you keep it going and you be relentless, man. And it's like... I want the Niners to get to a point where it's the fourth quarter and we see C.J. Beathard out there because the team is up by 28 points with 10 minutes left and let Beathard get his work. And I, that's my that's been like my biggest issue with this Niners team throughout the entire regime is that they'll get leads and it feels like they just kind of itch off the gas a little bit. And we saw it obviously in the Super Bowl and we kind of saw it in parts of last season where it's like, don't stop guys, don't stop. Just keep going and keep being aggressive and score points and force turnovers and do whatever it is to just make your point heard and just 
just dominate, man. Just win the game, win on both sides of the ball, and do that for four quarters. Don't do it for three quarters and just wait until the clock runs out in the fourth. I want these guys to be aggressive the entire way. The Dolphins, they have some good pieces. I know I talked about Xavier Howards and Byron Jones, but that's really about it on defense. They have Jerome Baker, who's a pretty good linebacker, but other than that, there's nothing that I would say the team should really worry about, Zach. So if I'm anyone on this offense, and I mean absolutely anyone, whether it's Debo, who is questionable with an illness, but I maybe he'll play, who knows. But the point being is that whether it's Debo or Ayuk or Kittle or Ross Dwelly if he plays and Jimmy Garoppolo or Jarek McKinnon and Jeff Wilson, Zach, whoever it may be, this is a huge, huge get-right game for the 49ers and especially their offense where they went up against a good Eagles defensive line, but that back half of their team on defense is absolutely terrible outside of Darius Slay. And we didn't see that. We only saw 20 points and that was with backups and they didn't execute and that's not good enough i want to see these guys just execute and honestly kick the crap out of the dolphins and with all due respect to them man but this is you know if they want this to really be the revenge tour i want to see them really take this serious don't hold their heads low and give up on games or look sad over turnovers and pick sixes nah man go out there and play with your head high and kick some butt we've seen the team do it we've seen them do it this year we've seen them do it last year and i want that to continue so Anyone on the offense, man, whoever it may be, whether it's Kittle, Debo, Ayuk, Jimmy, Wilson, Jet, whoever it is, go out there, make a name for yourself, and just beat up on the Dolphins, dude. They're one of the softest defenses in all the football, and there is absolutely nothing you should be afraid of. But again, we talked about it earlier. Don't get complacent. Don't get lazy. Keep your foot on the gas and just get the damn job done. Yeah, you know, good teams win the games that they're supposed to win. The 49ers absolutely are supposed to win this game, especially healthy. Um, So I am looking forward to them, everybody doing their job and limiting mistakes. Um, This is not a great Dolphins team. And and don't get me wrong. Look, they fought hard in every game just about that they've played this season. And I know that their schedule doesn't really reflect that. But I think the 49ers should be enough, you know, Casey in point to show that the schedule and the record doesn't really reflect who a team is as a whole. So they can't overlook the Dolphins. And I think that that's a huge, huge point. Um, I asked uh, the other day what people were kind of most afraid of when it came to this game. And a lot of the answers were, you know, hey, look, we can't have them, the 49ers overlooking the Dolphins because they feel Eh, you know, they're not too bad. We don't have to worry about them. They're not too great of a team. Um, and a couple other concerns that people had, I told, I promised the best ones you read here on, on the air. Uh, from Ash Valetti, five, my only concern is the O-line man. I have the least expectations on Brunskill and McGlinchey. Um, another, Daniel Miller. He's terrified about injuries going in will jimmy and raheem play this was a couple of days ago uh yesterday so before jimmy was announced but again even uh samson newstrom the offensive line if jimmy comes back are they going to allow him to get re-injured because they don't do a better job at protecting the quarterbacks the 49ers were number one in hits allowed on their own quarterbacks so he says expect a lot of short pass plays and dump and runs and man, to be honest with you, a lot of these are 
having to do with the offensive line. Uh, even our man Silverado Kev, the offensive line being able to hold up and not giving up quarterback hits like Motown in the 60s. That is hilarious. Please block somebody. So how nervous are you for the 49ers offensive line to do their job and protect Jimmy Garoppolo now that he's back? I will tell you right now, just from what I've seen with Nick Mullins in the past two games, and actually really just the offensive line the entire year, it has just been a crap show, dude. I'm not going to say the bad word, but we all know that it's just, it's just been terrible for the 49ers offensive line, bottom line, and not even Kyle Shanahan can really scheme around that. And it's like, even when he can, Nick Mullins is out there missing wide open throws to Kyle Juszczyk, who would have had an 80-yard touchdown to the house so you have someone like jimmy garoppolo whose quick release will really save himself and really save that offensive line but god forbid when he has to wait for a play to develop or if something doesn't open up right away man it's like that's this is what really sucks zach is that jimmy garoppolo's release is around two and a half to three seconds which is like tom brady level release which is really really good but the problem was that with it is that he can have a quick release, but even if he didn't, he still has two and a half to three seconds to get a throw off because the offensive line can't buy protection for their life. And on the Dolphins roster, their best pass rusher is Kyle Van Noy, former Patriots edge rusher, who grades out as an 82 according to PFF. So Van Noy is having himself a pretty nice season, I'd say. Um, Shaq Lawson came over from the Buffalo Bills, has been all right. But again, Outside of those two who are more or less names on paper rather than like box score stats, stat sheet stuffers, there's nothing this team should fear, Zach. And it's like, even if you have guys like Lakin Tomlinson, Ben Garland, uh, Daniel Brunskill, Mike McGlinchey, and I'm going to exclude Trent Williams because he's top of the line. You have guys who are going, going up against a pretty soft defensive line, and it's like, go out there and go and want to kick their damn asses. It's like, have some confidence in yourself, man. And we see that from Mike McGlinchey, where it's like, there's no confidence at all. This dude's technique and everything about the way he's playing right tackle looks terrible. His his run blocking has been really good, but it's like, you were drafted at, what, ninth overall a couple years ago? We want you to be the complete full product. And if Jimmy Garoppolo's release is what saves Mike McGlinchey's terrible pass blocking, then okay, I guess we have to live with it. But I don't want to see Mike McGlinchey getting blown up by no-name guys like he did against the Jets, the Giants, and not the Eagles because they have a great D-line. But the point being is that McGlinchey's pass blocking has been awful, and I don't want that to be a result of Garoppolo getting hurt or running back getting hurt because he blew a block. So... It's it's brutal, dude. It's really tough. I mean, I'm right with everyone else when I say I'm really concerned about offensive line play as well. And I don't even think it's just a coaching thing at this point, Zach. It's just another one of those things where these guys have to execute and they're not doing that. And we hear Shanahan, or not Shanahan, but we hear everyone talk about all the time about how Kyle Shanahan's offense is predicated on play action to set up the run and set up the pass. But when you have guys like, um, Mike McGlinchey and Daniel Brunskill who are trying to sell run blocking the best they could and drop back to pass or pass block. David Lombardi really talked about this where Kyle Shanahan's offense really has these guys bite hard on selling the run. And sometimes you overextend on those um, like fake run blocks, you know, and these guys just blow the block entirely and they're not executing. So 
it's just it's technique and these guys just got to clean it up and if they can do that or even if they can play as like an average offensive line I would be way more confident in this unit but right now they're playing like the worst offensive line in football if they can even just get in the mid-tier of lines Zach I think I'll be I think I'll be happy at the end of the day but right now I'm still very concerned yeah, you know, this offensive line has just been so puzzling because uh, at times last year, they didn't play particularly well. But for the most part, they really started to gel and they really started to, to play well uh, together. So the fact that through three, four weeks this year, they've played this poorly and allowed 40 quarterback hits... It's insane to me. Um, and I mean, Sunday night, we saw Trent Williams looking bad, which you never see Trent Williams looking bad. So, um, and by the way, I, I kind of tweeted out a joke. Uh, I forget who asked him how he thought he played Sunday night. And he said that he thought he played well, minus a couple of plays. And I tweeted out, you know, Trent Williams is so big and terrifying looking. If he told me that, that he played well Sunday night against the Eagles, I probably would shut my mouth and nod silently and said, yes, sir, you did, because that man is terrifying. But I th just think McGlinchey specifically, and I've said this again on our YouTube show, Niners News, he's getting very close to that B word, Anthony, and I don't want him to get there. I love Mike McGlinchey. I, I think he needs to, like our co-host on YouTube, Matt, says, start eating those ham sandwiches because he is slim he's like a tight end out there and he's getting completely manhandled by defensive lines and it's not all right the 49ers can't have somebody who's you know protecting the franchise and jimmy garoppolo just completely getting beat up out there so they need to get that solved immediately and not only that but going into the interior of the offensive line this team desperately needs weston richbird back so this offensive line as a whole, it does worry me, and specifically because Jimmy Garoppolo, I know he's back, but it's like, I guarantee you that ankle's not at 100%. He's probably just making a go at it because he knows the team needs him. So he needs to be protected, and I totally agree with, I believe it was Samson that said, you know, short passes, dump offs, uh, stuff like that, because not only is it affecting the passing game, but the running game as well. Um, so that leads me to my next question here. Um, what do you envision this 49ers running game doing on Sunday? Do you think they finally get things going again? When it comes to the run game, Zach, according to Football Outsiders, the Dolphins not only are the 31st ranked overall defense, but they're the 31st ranked run defense alone. And that alone tells me that by, by statistical measures, the Niners should be able to get the job done in the run. But... Right now, Zach, I have a hard time believing that they can get it done just because of how poor the offensive line has been playing. And we can bicker and bicker and bicker all we want about this offensive line, but it's the truth, dude. It's like, if you're not the quarterback executing, the next biggest thing that needs, to, or the next biggest group of people that need to execute on offense, it's not the wide receivers, it's not the tight end, it's the offensive line. Because you can have a phenomenal quarterback, guys like Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, um, who else has a bad offensive line? I, Josh Allen last season had a really bad line, but the point being is that you can have all the talent in the world as a quarterback, but you still have to make plays with your feet and you still have to just hope that those guys can block for you and they can't. And it's really, really concerning. So at the least, man, I want these guys to just 
execute. Just execute. Go out there, beat your man, open up lanes and holes for these running backs, and just make everyone's life a lot easier. And I don't know if I have the confidence in the unit just yet, even going against the Miami Dolphins, where it's like, I really have to consider, do I think these guys are going to go out there and play average, or are they going to get get their asses kicked by the Dolphins? Not the Niners as a team, but just specifically the offensive line. And that's really concerning, and it, it just falls back on the line, man, and... I think I, I I really do think that they will get the job done at the end of the day. I mean, these guys every interview it sounds like they've just been pissed off about losing to the Eagles, and I don't blame them. And that that right there, I think, is a representative of what Kyle Shanahan is telling these guys in the locker room. But he has every reason to be pissed off, dude. You don't lose games to the Eagles. I'm sorry, you don't lose soft games. And you sure as hell can't lose to the Dolphins at this point. So they just got to go out there and light their asses on fire and just play hard. Play some really hard-nosed football and show them, show the entire league why they are the defending NFC champs and why they really are taking this whole Super Bowl thing seriously. And it's kind of silly to be talking like that, man. But it just starts with being aggressive. It starts with facing adversity. And it just starts with this offensive line going out there showing all of us that they can play at a competitive level and that they're taking their job seriously as us as fans are taking our job seriously as criticizing their jobs. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, and, you know, they, like you said, they should have won that game. Good teams win the games they're supposed to lose. But I think when it kind of goes into that backyard football style and it's a, it's a scratch because of injuries and you have your backup quarterback in. I think it kind of defers to who the more talented quarterback is. And we saw it last week. And I think we'll see it again this week. But I don't think it'll come down to just strictly that. But Jimmy Garoppolo is the better quarterback as out of him and Ryan Fitzpatrick. And, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's a journeyman, vet, backup, stop, bridge, gap quarterback. Um, until, you know, Tua is ready. But... He can still get the job done, you know, at least for the most part. So the 49ers are going to need to be on their A game just because they haven't been for the last, you know, week. And their defense, you know, gave up some big plays for the last couple of weeks. So I just think that they need to step it up and make sure that this is just a complete domination, uh, not only for them and their record, but for their psyche, for their, their mentality the way they're feeling going into this really tough seven-game stretch. Um, a lot is riding on this week. And I, I began this episode, Anthony, by saying it's hard to believe that a Week 5 matchup against you know the lowly Dolphins could be a must-win game. But it's must-win in so many different ways that it's hard to even explain all of them. So the 49ers just need to completely come out and dominate. And I think they'll do just that. Um, is there anything else you wanted to touch on before we go into our predictions here and wrap things up? I just want to say that this entire podcast, at least from my perspective, is just been my point about these guys just wanting to win, wanting to go out there and just make a statement. And I'm not, would never accuse of a team like the Niners throwing games or just, just going out there and not trying, but you watch it and you watch them lose to the Eagles and I know it was week one but you watch them lose to the Cardinals and it's like come on guys we were so hard hard and heavy-headed about 
emphasizing the revenge tour, going out there and wanting to get back to the Super Bowl. And I know it's been a quarter of the season, so it's a slight overreaction on my part, but it's when you've not not been brainwashed, but when you've just been seeing everything about the team wanting to get back to glory all off season, and we finally get through a quarter of the season and we have questions all across the board from quarterback play to wide receiver play to tight end play to offense defense special teams everything zach it's just absolutely everything it's like damn maybe this uh maybe this get back to the super bowl thing is harder than we all thought but i just want to see the, these guys execute man and we talked about kyle use where it's like can they get away with not executing sure but that's going to be a big factor coming at the end of the season. So I want to see these guys really just step up, get the job done, beat the Dolphins, then beat the Rams and Seahawks, and just go on one hell of an intense stretch of football games and just dominate the entire league and remind everyone why the Niners aren't here to mess around. Yeah, and that's a really good point. Um, They just, they got to reassert their dominance because you lose to the Cardinals in week one and week one division games are kind of iffy, but the way that they performed, it didn't look great. And then you come out and just completely lay an egg on, you know, nationally televised game on Sunday night football. And, you know, it is what it is. You have your backup playing, you're injured. Uh, You know, you can write that one off, but the question marks will start to arise. If the 49ers come out and they come out flat again, Sunday against the Dolphins. So they really just need to go out there and get the job done. And personally, I think they will. And uh, that takes us to our predictions. And we're going to wrap this up. Uh, But real quick, I just want to take a break and say, guys, you definitely need to go and check out our Teespring store right now. Uh, We just launched a brand new design. It is our Yak Bros design, which you would love Um, it's got the classic Coca-Cola style design and it's available in men's and women's sizes. And right now, if you use the code YAK20, you will get free shipping on your purchase. So you're going to find that at teespring.com slash stores slash 49ers hive. And we got a plethora of other designs there. So go and check them out. Uh, again, our newest design is a Yak Bros design just revealed today as you are listening to this podcast. Uh, and you can find that at teespring.com slash stores slash 49ers Hive. And make sure you enter code Yak20, or excuse me, Yak49 if you want free shipping. So, Anthony, let's go ahead and get into this. Let's wrap this up. What are some of your predictions? If you want to hit me with your offensive prediction for your MVP. Why don't you go ahead and go first? Well, I'll tell you right now, it's hard for me to get a gauge on what Kyle Shanahan is going to do with Jimmy Garoppolo. And that part of self or that selfish me wants to see Jimmy Garoppolo go out there and throw for 300 yards and four touchdowns. And that other part of me wants Jimmy Garoppolo to just take it easy, get the ball off fast, prevent this offensive line from getting you killed. So I'm not going to mark Jimmy Garoppolo as my offensive MVP, Zach. I think, and whether Debo plays or not, but I got to give offensive MVP to Brandon Ayuk, man. I think he's going to go out there. I think he's going to get 100-plus yards from scrimmage and his first re- receiving touchdown. I don't think he has a receiving touchdown. I think he just has the the two rushing. 
So I want Ayuk to go out there and just establish himself as the official Debo number two. And I think he's already done that, but I want to see him go out there and catch the ball and make plays with the ball in his hands. Not just run with it, man, but catch it also and go out there and just ball out. But that's my offensive prediction, man. I think Brandon Ayuk is just he's going to really solidify himself as that like wide receiver 1B and complement Debo Samuel very well, dude. I have a lot of expectation for Ayuk. I have a lot of confidence in the kid, man, and he's just a baller and a stud, and I, I just got to give him all the props in the world, man. I think Ayuk is going to be my guy for the game. Yeah, I really, I really like that pick. Um, he's gotten better every week, and he won Rookie of the Week a couple of weeks back. Which, let's be honest, it should have gone to Justin Jefferson that week. However, uh, I think the win kind of tilted things into Ayuk's favor. But I think Jefferson had something like 180 yards of receiving. And mind you, he was on my bench too in fantasy. <laughs> but back to this uh, prediction here. I gotta go with my guy Jimmy, man. I gotta go with Jimmy. I had gone with him once or twice. Uh, or I believe the first week I had gone with Jimmy. And it didn't really work out, but I think he's going to completely light it up. Week three, he heard all of everyone's calls saying to replace him. We can do it with Nick. We don't need him. And then week four, everybody was coming out crying for Jimmy, saying how they can't wait to get him back. I think he heard it all. I think he's not on social media much, at least from the looks of it. He probably got some burners out there. But I think Jimmy heard everything and he's going to come out there and just completely light this Dolphins defense up and he's going to show everybody what they've been missing and not only that show why he's the guy under center not just for the rest of this season but moving forward and man I'm going to say he throws for three 325 three touchdowns and I think he has no turnovers this week which is huge Um, why don't we go into our defensive MVP can't wait to hear yours, Anthony. What do you got? Well, I'll tell you right now, man. I've just been hyping up this defense all season. I think every bold predictions article that I've come out with has him forcing at least four turnovers. And it's like, I know there's their matchups against other offenses like the Cardinals, Giants, Jets, and Eagles have all been pretty soft. But I'm not going to lie, man. I know the Dolphins are kind of boom or bust with Fitz, with uh, Fitz Magic, if you will. But... I do think that this is going to be another big defensive turnover type game where they're where the pressure is going to get to him and we're going to see a few interceptions. But overall, I think if he's healthy, I'm going to give my MVP to Jason Verrett, man. I think we'll finally see him get an interception, maybe not a pick six, but I think he'll just have a really nice day through and through, man. He plays hard, he plays physical, and he's really feisty at the line of scrimmage, man. And we haven't really seen that from a Niners cornerback since Richard Sherman. And it's like, I miss Richard Sherman, but overall, I'm going to give it to Verrett. I think he's hungry. I think he's ready to play. I know he has a long line of injuries, but if you give him confidence and you give him a lot of confidence in his body, I think that can go a long way to a guy just playing an entire season. So I got to give it to Vret. I think he'll get his first interception as a Niner, and I'm going to throw in a few pass breakups and a few tackles too, but I'm really excited to watch Vret, man. He has a pretty tough matchup in either Devontae Parker or Preston Williams, but that should never take away from Verrett. He's he's proven. He's a proven baller. I know he has a long line of injuries, but when he's healthy, man, he's a stud. And I would love to see that from him on Sunday. And I think we're going we're gonna to get that version of him on Sunday. 
Oh, man. Verrett, a, a good game from Verrett would go a long way for him, his mentality, and just his confidence coming back. Um, he's played really well. He's been a pleasant surprise on this 49ers team, especially in a year with you know so many disappointments when it comes to injuries. It's nice to have a good good news story, and that's totally Jason Verrett. When he got injured Sunday night with the hand injury, I just completely gasped. And I'm like, not again. But luckily, it wasn't too big of a deal. He will be playing Sunday. I love that pick, Anthony. I absolutely love it. Uh, for me, I'm going to go with my new guy on defense, Kerry Hyder. Uh, he's been balling out. And I know he's not Nick Bosa. And, you know, he's not going in there and giving you the production that Nick Bosa would. But between him and Givens and Armstead... Uh, they've been playing pretty well, man. And this defensive line, they're getting pressures. They just need to start getting home on the pressure. So, uh, I think Kerry Hyder's going to have a big game on Sunday. And I think he's going to show 49ers fans who he is. And, and, you know, he may not be Bosa, like I said, but he's still a good player in his own right. And I think that, um, he's a, a quality starter. Any team would be lucky to have him. And he is a fantastic pickup by the 49ers this year. So I'm going to go with my man, Kerry Hyder. I think he's going to ball out. Uh, why don't we go into our final score predictions as we wrap things up here, week five against the Dolphins. So I kind of threw up the question about what Jimmy are we going to see? Are we going to see Gunslinger Jimmy? Or are we going to see Game Manager Jimmy? I think we're. I'm going to err on the Game Manager Jimmy side where Shanahan's just going to try and kind of ease him back in, but also really get him ready. But regardless, dude, if he has a big game or a small game, I still think the offense is going to go out there and ball out. I think the defense is going to force turnovers and put them in great field position to score points. I think this will be a pretty big day for the team as a whole, Zach. And again, this is their get-right game. This is their make-a-statement game. So I got to give it to the Niners, man. I really believe that they're going to win this game. I'm going to give the 49ers 34 points. And just because it's Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think we have to throw in a garbage touchdown or garbage time touchdown for him. I think I'll give the Dolphins 17, Zach. I'm going to go Niners 34, Dolphins 17. Okay, I like that. Um, I think that 17's not bad for the Dolphins uh, going off of their, their you know other games. They've scored you know 28 to 17, kind of around that, that range, give or take 10 points. Um I think the 49ers, yeah, I was going to say 35 to 14. I think they're going to put up a big offensive performance in the first half and then just kind of coast things along. Like you said, I really like what you added there earlier that you might even see CJ come in just to kind of get Jimmy that extra rest, uh, you know, just to prevent anything from being further injured, uh, especially with that ankle. I'm going to go 35 13. Jimmy and Hyder to both have big games. Uh, but that's going to do it for us today, guys. Make sure you guys are leaving five-star reviews wherever you find our, our podcast. If you're able to leave reviews, that is the best way you can support the show as we continue to grow here. We do have some really big things planned for Red and Gold Standard Podcast and 49ers Hive. So make sure you guys are along for the ride. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Zach Hernan. You can follow the podcast at RGS Pod, as in Red Gold Standard Podcast. 
Um, and yeah, I really want to thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Red Gold Standard Podcast as we preview the Week 5 matchup against Miami Dolphins. And guys, right now, if you go and find our Twitter account, find this tweet where we tweet out the podcast episode at RGS Pod on Twitter. If you reply before the game and reply with your uh, final score predictions and you get it right, we will send you some free merch. So make sure you guys go and follow us. You must be following us on Twitter and reply to the tweet with this podcast episode link with your final score predictions. If you happen to get it right, we'll send you a free merch of your choosing from our Teespring store. So make sure you guys go and do that right now. Anthony, go ahead and let the folks know where to find you and close things out for us. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Red and Gold Standard Podcast. Zach, another great episode. I'm really just looking forward to the Niners going out there and just kicking some ass, man. I really believe in these guys. I really firmly believe this is their get-right game on both sides of the ball. And the defense has already been really good. But even going up against a bad or like a kind of boomer bust Dolphins offense, I want the defense to go out there and just keep doing what they're doing and just make statements, man. And as for the 49ers offense, go out there and just punch the Dolphins in the mouth, man. Jeff Wilson, get a hundred, get a hundred rushing yards, man. Jarek McKinnon, get a hundred rushing yards. Uh, Jamichael Hasty, if he plays, all these guys, man. I don't care. Just go out there and kick the crap out of the Dolphins. But Zach, great episode, guys. Thank you for listening. Follow me on Twitter, 49ers Perry. That's 49ers P E R R Y Perry. Thanks for listening, guys.